Blog Talk Radio.
Well, good morning, everybody. It's amazing to realize that I've been talking this entire time while on mute. It shows you that this is live radio. Totally. (laughs) Oh, wow. Amazing. I had so many great things to say. So many great anecdotes. So many great subjects I was talking about. And I look over at my computer because I'm on a new computer now. So I on my computer. <laughs> I've been muted this entire time. Maybe it's for the best. Maybe what I said totally sucked. I have no idea. I see our audience is still here. I, I wonder why nobody told me. This is amazing to me. Uh, audience members, please, you make some of your sons before two minutes. Don't assume I'm dead. Why don't you just... <laughs> you zoom them on the phone. Something. Oh, okay. Out of all the stories <laughs> that I told you in the last 14 minutes that you could not hear, let me let me give you one. Okay. We had a show last Sunday. We had the fantastic Elizabeth Peterson and Hannah Hate, both scheduled to be on the show. They're very busy people, and they committed to the show, and I was very happy. Friday comes around. We have a flash flood. We have a tornado warning. Water just hits our city just crazy. I need to drive to work, so I get in my car and I, I drive away. I hit this water wave as if me and Moses are getting off this fight. And next thing you know, water goes right over the hood of my car into the exa- exhausts of my engine and blows out a piston and puts a hole the size of the Grand Canyon inside my engine. Now, I don't know this at the time. The, the mechanics have that on. So I get a triple date, triple date, to uh, a mechanic. They said, oh, give me a call on Thursday to let me know. I'm like, okay. I'm hoping for the best. I don't know what's going on. And they called me on Monday. They said, we have a diagnosis. We know what's wrong. They tell me what's wrong. They said, we can fix it, no problem. You need a new engine. <laughs> Which means you need a new car, by the way. So that, my car is destroyed. It's gone forever. But here's the thing. I needed a ride to give a friend of mine to the airport on Saturday morning, and I needed a ride to work. I needed a ride to my place of business. So on the way to um, the airport, um, I was on first response to a motorcycle accident. And uh, there were two cars ahead of me, and they drove around him. And uh, I told uh, the, the driver to stop. And he didn't understand, so he kind of slowed down, and I jumped out of the car at 30 miles per hour and, and uh, caught my foot in and ran towards him and, and jumped on my knees. This guy is a huge guy. You know, he's, he's 300 pounds plus, his piercings and a, and a big beard, and, and he's, well, he's in shock. He's got the handle, he's on the ground, he's on his back. He's not wearing a helmet, so that's the major problem. Now, I'm not going to get into any gory details, but this man is hurt. So, we don't know what to do. At least people don't know what to do. I know what to do. So I applied for the back of the head. I, I, I signed jobs to people. You, you call 911. You grab me a towel. You give me some water. You stuff that. Very simple stuff. Yeah. So we get that done. So, 45 minutes later, he's fighting. This guy's fighting. He's in shock. He's, he's trying to punch me. He's fighting. So I'm stopping this guy. 45 minutes later, I get him to the ambulance. We got him through. 
It's good. They pack them away. They drive them away. They clean me up. I had to cancel classes because I'm basically infected. I need to go to the hospital. I get a phone call Monday from both the mechanic saying my car is destroyed and both the doctor saying that, that he has survived and he's, he's doing well, that he's out of the ICU. And here's the thing. Here, here is the concept or idea of my story. There's a Chinese, fish, a Chinese farmer. And he has one horse. And it's one horse who runs away one day. And all the others come over. They're like, oh, that's so sad, so sad. He was maybe, maybe. <coughs> the next day, his horse comes back with five stallions. They'll just come over and they're like, so happy for you. Yay. He was maybe. Next day, his son's working in the field. Trips, breaks his ankle. They'll just come over. Oh, so sad. He was maybe. Next day, generals come over looking for soldiers. They pick up everybody else's son except for him. His ankle's broken. They're like, we're so happy for you. He was like, maybe. The point is, is that you don't know what's going to happen from a negative or a positive. A positive can come out of a negative, or a, pos- a negative can come out of a positive, yeah, 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 yeah. If my car did not explode on Friday, and was not destroyed on Friday, then I would not have been there to help or save that man on Saturday. And the question is, is my car worth that man's life? If you want to look at karma and... and uh, and all kinds of different perspectives of energy and, 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 and connections and meeting people and all those things. So this is I'm a writer and we're looking for connections between people. And these are connections. Thank you very much for joining me today. 
I'm so sorry that my mic was off for the first 14 minutes of our show, but for some of you, that might have been a nice thing. <laughs> Who knows what I said that might have insulted you. I did mention that I saw Poltergeist, and I didn't like it very much. That might have pissed somebody off. Well, I wouldn't say I didn't like it very much. It was an inconclusive script.
family members and friends so that everyone could see it. And I've actually, like, I, I put up a, a professional page on Facebook, and that's gotten a pretty good response. Um, and I've enjoyed getting messages from people that I'm just, I, it's just like, you know, from different parts of the world, uh, which is amazing and hilarious and lovely. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've only, I've only gotten positive feedback from people. And I think that's just because, uh, yeah, you know, I, I try to surround myself with people that support me no matter what. Um, and so that, yeah. And, uh, I mean, and it it was a great, I think it was a great product anyways and fun. So that just helps it. But, um, well, I think it's fantastic. You live in such a troll generation now that people just love to hound and smash people for, you know, for projects that they do. It's really nice to hear, you know, a positive attitude or a positive perspective on a movie that's been done. It's the independent films because nowadays, even the Avengers got smashed. It's like, oh, my gosh, right. nothing's sacred anymore, is it? Well, that's the thing. It's like uh, when something is, uh, especially when it's, you know, video on demand, anyone can, well, you know, the, a lot of people can access it from anywhere. Uh, and everyone everyone has an opinion, and not everyone can be happy with everything all the time. Um, and with social media and the Internet, people aren't afraid to voice those opinions. So, yeah, you're right. Regardless of whether someone who's in a project thinks it's amazing or not, uh, it's so possible to have people react negatively and for you know for whatever reason and that hasn't been the case with it so far and also the people who do you know dog on anything it's it's almost like uh they love to hate or you know like hate to love type thing and i'm good with that it's a strong opinion have an opinion (laughs) you know i used to hate justin timberlake I I hated him so much. Oh, I hated him so much. You know why? I wanted to be him so bad. He sings, he (laughs) dances. Oh, my God. He's a movie star. He's gorgeous. It's like, you bastard. You bastard. You want to spend love? How dare you? And now look at him and talk about time. You know, I I mean, there was a period where, you know, NSYNC was where he... uh, I mean, mean, that's not where he started, but that's, you know, where I first recognized him as a huge uh, figurehead. And then there was a period where he kind of disappeared for a while, and now look at him. And so it's just like, that gives me hope uh, to remind myself that, especially in the entertainment industry, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, you know, just who knows where, yeah, like who knows where we will be in 20 years from now or five days from now. Um, Right. It's just about, yeah, sticking with it. I mean, I went to locations for many, many years, and I saw a lot, I mean, just hundreds of up-and-coming stars come along the way. One of the reasons why I, I constantly have people like yourself on the show is because you're very, very nice, and you're very easy to approach, and I'd much rather have somebody like that than somebody who's incredibly difficult to get that's going to make me pursue them for like seven months, and then I'll get them, and I'll yeah. do that as well. But, you know, the, the nice thing is, is that, you know, being an actress and being an actor, what I've noticed is that they're the ones who make it all the way. The ones who are nice. And the ones who are not nice, they don't, they don't really make it. They, they, they work people the wrong way, and next thing you know, they don't get, like, I'm not going to name names like Captain Heigl. You know, where, where they, get, they get smashed for their attitude on set, and next thing you know, they don't really get jobs. So it's like, do you find that to be part of your personality as, a, as an actress? Is that you want to be nice, or is that just coming natural to you? 
Um, well, I feel like, yeah, being nice just comes natural to me, almost like takes away from it. But it's, no, I, I, as a, as a person, um, who just happens to also want to and be an actress, uh, I just think it's important to treat people and, or, you know, respect people as people and human beings who all have feelings and, um, their own version of their own troubles and, I don't know. I would want someone to respect me for me, and so I'll do the same for them. Um, and I just think common courtesy, you know. I don't know. Yeah, just treat people nicely. That's always been like my idea, and until otherwise, you know, otherwise proven that it's necessary. But. Well, I want to yeah. talk about the devil's mind. I want to a little bit more about Avengers Grimm, but I, I want to go back. You know, I, mean, I really want to go really back. Uh, when you were a kid, were you one of those dancing kids, singing kids, or were you more of one of those kind of repressed kids that came out to be an actress? What kind of child were you? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I heard, I've heard, I've heard a horror story from my family that I was like an an annoying, troublesome kid. Um, but, there you go. Uh, yeah, I, so I mean, hopefully maybe, I think, I got it out um, in younger years, but we have yet to see. But I, uh, yeah, I have always wanted, for as long as I can remember, wanted to act. Um, I always wanted to act or be a veterinarian. Those were my two choices growing up, I thought, anyway. Nice. Uh, yeah, um, so yeah, I was always... I was that that kid that I don't know if I necessarily liked attention. I probably really wanted it, um, and so this was that was my way of finding it. But I just I loved sure. movies and I loved watching TV shows with my dad and uh, my family, and I think that spurred it. I mean, the first moment that I remember really, really like wanting to get into this was at a summer camp when I was like seven years old, and I saw. Um, a production of, uh, I think it was Little Shop of Horrors that my camp put on. Nice. And, I mean, probably nice. now if I saw it, it would be awful, you know, because we're all kids, so we're like, you know, we're seven years old, we're not so amazing. But uh, when I watched it, I thought they were just having so much fun on stage. I just wanted to be them. You know, I'm sitting here just enjoying all of it, wishing I were on stage with them. And then from then on, I realized that, like, when that, yeah, when I realized that I could go on stage with them. That, that was a thing that people did. It was a possibility. I I wanted to, and I did, I guess. Um, so, yes, I have always been interested and uh, involved in some sort of entertainment nice. activity. Yeah. <laughs> I did choir as a kid in school, all of that. Really? Oh, yeah, but I mean, you know. You know, you mentioned your father, and your father's obviously going to be a moment of inspiration to you, and I want to talk about that right now. But let me ask you about your inspirations in life, because you mentioned your father, and that's a very strong basis there. Was he a man who always showed you when you were a kid and that kind of thing? I'm sorry, what was that? Was he, was he the kind of father who always showed you movies and like shows and, and was, he, was he like that and you can show you experiences? What kind of inspiration was your father to you? Well, I, I uh, he was in the military growing up and um, for a while uh, it was really just my core family was really uh, my sister, my dad, and I. So um, 
throughout my life, there's been a lot of changes, scenery, family members, uh, mother figures, so on. But he's been, uh, him and my sister have been the one constant um, in my life. And so, yeah, he... He's always been there, you know, and um, I know he will always be there for me support-wise. And so I really, I just really look up to him and trust him. And, and to, I, you know, I'm like, I know he's going to be listening to this, so I'm just going to, like, not be too. Um, but, yeah, it's like a love letter to my dad. He should know. I appreciate everything he's ever done for me. And mainly just that he's been there to support me no matter what, you know. he. I'm surprised. You know, he's a military guy. Uh, he went to West Point. He grew up on a farm. He was in, in Iowa. He was, you know, very, like, there's a set way of doing things. And he still found a way to be okay with his daughter choosing to do theater and go to school for theater, which has no job security whatsoever. Um, right. So I just, I just really look up to him for being an understanding, caring person in the world even though you might look at him and have a completely different uh, idea of what he might be like. And so that's always been inspiring to me, that people can um, have so many different sides to them and different opinions. And and uh, I think that's, what, that's what's helped me to just look at people as individuals, because if you look, like, if you look at my dad, if you look at me, you have so many different opinions, but when you really get to know him, it's, it's interesting to see there's, there's so much else out there. Um, right. Yeah. So, he's a great guy. I ask this because uh, a lot of people want to know what makes... Well, gee, you're playing... You're in this new world now where we're getting these ass-kicking women to play these characters. I mean, everybody's calling for it. Everybody wants a female superhero. Everybody wants a new Ripley. Everybody wants it to happen. And we watch you with any superhero coming out or, or a new woman that's strong. And you want to know what makes you strong or what inspires you and, and that themselves makes them strong as well. It's, it's very interesting to hear about your inspiration from your father because you don't mention it as like a man, you mention it as a person and that's a very interesting right. perspective to think about somebody who inspires you. Yeah, and you know what, I mean I have to admit, I'm, I'm sure I don't, I don't, he's never said this to me, but my sister and I have always believed that he wanted boys because, you know, he's a, he, he's a guy, he's a guy guy. Um, and he ended up with two daughters. And so, you know, there were, there were definitely times where I felt like I was raised like a boy and, um, and you know, that that's not to say that if I was, you know, if I was raised by a female that I might be any different, but I know that that's definitely uh, it's helped me just to be, I don't know, a strong person, especially growing up, like, again, in a military family, moving around a lot, and uh, I had a different mother, I had a few different mother figures in my life, like, I know uh, what change is like, I know not to necessarily get too comfortable in situations, to know that everything can always change for better or worse, um, and just being able to, I mean, I'm not very good at it, but, you know, being able to flow between the two and, and, and not, like, feel like things have to go a certain way. Um, yeah, that's definitely as, as an actress for, for future, like, drama parts, do, do you think that's going to be important to you, that you have the ability to separate yourself from maybe casual interference from emotion, uh, from parts that you might be playing in the future? Oh yeah, that's and you know it's it's funny because I I sometimes look at that as a struggle with myself that I can't like you know 
fully immersed into like sometimes there are some characters that you know I'm I'm young and I'm learning and there are some characters and situations that I have still have a hard time fully immersing myself in and becoming but at the same time I think there's something smart about that you know it there is something so admirable about becoming a totally different person but at the same time I'm an actress you know I'm not that person so I have there has to be that little bit of like once you know we once the director yells cut okay great now it's like I'm not that person anymore. I am me. Um, just not to drive, you know, not to drive myself insane. <laughs> because there, I mean, I think there's a certain amount of insanity in order to be an actor. But uh, to protect yourself and others, there has to be that little bit of separation, I think. Um, right. But I do know, for me on set, uh, because I'm, I'm, it is still harder for me to just like slip in and out of character like that. When I am on set, I found that what is helpful for me, if I, if it's difficult for me to just like go in and out of a character so easily, um, it's helpful for me to kind of stay in that character's attitude while on set for the whole day. Um, so it was interesting, like, while playing Red for Avengers Grimm, she's kind of a, a tough, doesn't-take-shit, uh, standoffish kind of person. And I found that I kind of acted like that throughout the whole filming process while on set, um, just because that helps me stay in character. <laughs> I, I still tried to be, yeah. Like, I still tried to have that little separation and be Elizabeth and not be, like, a jerk on set, but, you know, still still be able to maintain that attitude. Well, that was going to be my question. Was you know during the filming, I mean, you've been harness. I mean, you, you, it's there's special effects going on here, so there's there's some precision going on here. How, how difficult is it to go from acting to, to just acting to acting plus pop props plus green screen plus this? Yeah, um, I think when when I'm on set. I'm I'm on a roll and and well I'm in a roll huh? and but I'm also on a roll R O um R O L L you know like I there's a groove um and and it's, it's and it's business it's fun but it's business so in that sense I'm when I'm on set I'm just I'm I'm ready for whatever I'm ready you gotta be because things change you know all the time um and so yeah it's tough but it's also fun. And then once, you know, it's kind of like a workout, you know, I'm there and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm physically, mentally engaged, ready for whatever. But then once I can step off set, that's when I have the time to kind of breathe a little and uh, rest. Um, and yeah, and it's amazing when, even if you're not doing necessarily a physical, because there is so much going on mentally, it, you it, you do really need to rest when you can. Because um, there are times where I'm on set and I haven't moved for two hours, but I, you know, the director yells cut and I'm exhausted. Because there is so much going on, um, right? Yeah, so it is. It is tough, but it's fun, and and yeah, and it's nice to know that it's not. It's not for forever, you know. It's not super long hours, I suppose. Well, how, how long were the hours on on, on, on Avengers Ram? Were they very long hours? I mean, they seem like very long hours. Yeah, okay, so the days were very long. Yeah, it's true. It was We did it in two weeks, so the days were very long. But the amount of time actually on set acting, being physical, right. it was amazing. I thought it right. wasn't that long. It, it, it felt like there's a lot of... There's a lot of setup, of course. There's a lot of planning. There's a lot of... Um, so as actors, there's a lot of sitting around. Um, and, 
Yes, I mean, really, it's what it is sitting around. And then, you know, you're called on to set, and it's hustle, 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 hustle. And then you sit around for a little while. And then hustle, 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 sit around a little while. And that goes, you know, until like 3 a.m. Right. Yeah, the days were long, but the actual amount of time on set wasn't, wasn't that long. Right, right. What was the first project you did that you felt like, I'm getting this, or or it's it's coming together, and everybody has that going on there. And you went from you know humble beginnings to going on the simple beginning. And this this is really only the, the beginning part of your career. I mean, not even beginning, almost like that the starting line. But uh, what was the first thing that you did that you felt like, yeah, okay, wow, okay, this is great. What was the first acting thing I did where I felt that it was yes. great? Yes. Um. Oh, Lord, I don't know. I mean, probably, actually, I started on stage, That's what, and I got my, uh, I got a BSA in theater from Southern Methodist University. Nice. And, uh, yeah. Um, well, hold on, I, I mean, think that's the whole part of your world here. What, what happened there? What, what, what's going on there? So you're in what's theater? What's going on where? I don't see this anywhere in any of your bios, by the way. Your bio needs to be updated. So you were in the theater? Let's talk about that now. Yeah. I, I mean, that is, it is on my, you know, resumes, like the, the few it things is. that I've done. And I'm going to kill my producer, I swear. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. So please, no. please, I want to talk to the viewers. Let's talk about the theater. Yeah, well, I, I, that's, uh, I mean, again, that, that first moment that I had when I was, well, I say it's the first moment, who really knows, it's the first one I remember, um, when I was seven years old and I saw a production at summer camp, and then every year after that, I did, uh, I did the theater at that, um, at that camp, and when it became an option in high school, that's when I started, uh, and I don't know, I, I, I went to high school in Nevada, and, in Reno, Nevada, and Film wasn't really a big thing. I su- uh, theater, honestly, wasn't a huge thing at my school either, but it was definitely more of a presence than film. And so I didn't really start doing film until college because uh, there was a, you know, there was a film uh, school within the same building of the theater school. But, yeah, I started in theater because that was the option. That was the only thing I could think of. TV and film were something that I did, you know, for fun. I watched. You know, I watched for fun. I didn't realize that that's something that you could actually do. Um, right. I always wanted to. But, yeah, I, I started off um, in theater, and I'm sure as a kid I probably thought I was amazing. But in, in, in uh, <laughs> college, I think, honestly, my last, Senior, as, as a senior, my last uh, play that I did, I got to play uh, a British, um, a really fun British girl in a in a play my senior year, and I think that one was the one that I had the most fun. And I thought, like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm I can do this, like I'm doing this, and I feel good about it. And yeah, like it was just it was a fun show, and it got a good response, and I felt great in it. And that was a character that. While in attitude was similar to me, it had the obstacle of the dialect and different body language and uh, different ways that she carried herself. Um, she was definitely like a more sexy character. And in life, I wear, you know, I, I like to wear comfy clothes and I don't think of myself as necessarily sexy. I think of myself as kind of like I'm on, <laughs> it's just like a, like a comfortable, I like to be comfortable and uh 
comfy cute, I guess. Um, and so it was yeah. just a different, yeah, it was just a different character for me. And I kind of felt like I rocked it. And I was like, all right, this is great. This is, I know, I mean, I already knew that's what I wanted to do, but I felt confident after that. Nice. Uh, I, I also I worked with really great people. Tell me about them, please. Sorry? So she worked with some great people. Did you work with a lot of, you know, it's interesting to work with, with actors along the way and then seeing them later on in the future. Have you seen any actors that you've grown up with that you've acted with and also working in, in the industry as well? Well, the great thing about SMU specifically is that the alumni, uh, I guess, like community afterwards is really great and strong and supportive of each other. When I moved out here, I contacted, like the first thing I did was contact everyone I knew uh, personally or had a connection to that went to SMU and just sat down and picked their brains. And people who had never met me before wanted to give me all the information that they could just because they wanted, well, one, they probably just wanted to help out another human being, but also uh, the SMU uh, alumni are just very supportive of each other, which is awesome. And one of the guys that I acted with in that place specifically, it's called Assistance, by the way. Um, and I don't act now, you know, of course, I can't remember now who wrote it, but uh, Leslie Headland, I think, actually, just remembered. Anyways, uh, he actually was, he was in my, in my uh, year at SMU. There were only 24 of us. And he lives out in L.A. now, too. I moved out first, and he called me to pick my brain, and then he moved out here. So we actually see each other a lot and uh, acted in a few student films together while we were out here. Um, and, yeah, I always keep tabs. Nice. I keep tabs on everyone. Yeah, there's a SNU alumni Facebook page um, and, like, just community page. And it's nice to keep tabs on everyone all over the country and that we're still – we're still doing it. We're still working, which is awesome. So, you see, so, you know, the reason I hear from you is that you've looked for sources of uh, mentorship. Uh, your father, these people from the SMU, uh, all these people, you, you're constantly looking for help or people who, can, who could give you some advantage to, uh, to what you're doing, which is intensely smart. Did you think about that before, or, or was that always a concept, or did it just come naturally for you to do, to do that? Uh, well, it was definitely recommended. Another great thing about SMU is that we had a, a class that that prepared you for life after college because they're aware that acting is not necessarily nice. uh, a guaranteed lucrative career. Uh, and and uh, they yeah and they just gave us some good tips. And also, I you know I'm I I am a planner. That's something that comes from uh, being raised by my father. I plan for the worst and I plan for the best, and I try to myself up and and uh, and armor myself up as best as possible for any situation. So yeah, before moving out here, I contacted people. I had the uh, naive idea of trying to find a place to live months out in advance. And now that I live here, I know that's not that's not how it's done. You have to wait, you know, the month of. Um, but yeah, I think that comes from, and it's ridiculous. I think that comes from my just my how I was raised and how I was, you know, taught at school just to, you know, this, this business is so, um, un, you know, it's unknown. There's so much that cannot be planned, but the, so I can only really 
prepare myself as much as possible. I can only take care of myself. There's so much outside of my control in this, in, in life and in this industry. And so I just wanted to, you know, I felt like I was going into battle. I was going to LA was like a war zone and I had to <laughs> armor myself up and prep myself as much as possible. So yeah, it was definitely an instinct mm-hmm. just to be as prepared as possible. Did you, have, did you have to put armor on? Is LA softer now or is, is LA as hard as ever? Is LA what? Is LA softer oh. now to you? No, no, you didn't feel that well? I was born there, so or is it as hard as ever? Yeah, um, a little bit of both. I feel like it's like a, it's a, fam- you know, it's a relative that I argue with a lot, you know, but I love very much and would have, like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a sister to me, you know. It's um, someone that if anyone wanted to dog on it, I would I would get on that right away and uh, uh, stick up for it. But at the same time, I curse it right. a lot of days as well. Um, right, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting. I've, it really has become my home. I mean, it's so hard day to day. And I really have to look at it day to day, live it one day at a time. Uh, but w- I find that whenever I leave L.A., even if it's just for a day, I get a little homesick. I, I feel like I'm missing out on something. I'm not near, I'm not, I'm not with the, I'm not surrounded by the trees and the buildings and the people that I recognize. So it's interesting. There are, t- there are days where obviously not every day is amazing. There are days that are difficult. There are moments and great days that are difficult. But there really isn't any place I feel – there's no other place I, I want to be and no other place I feel I could be working on my career as I am other than L.A. Right. Right. It's very so, strange. Yeah, it is home. Even if you work on the street in L.A., they'd be filming a movie down the street at the diner. It's, it's, it's incredible the amount of resources we have in L.A. as far as films, cinema, media, any of that stuff. Right. I mean, it's overwhelming. It is overwhelming because there are so many, there are so many uh, venues, so many opportunities available to everyone that it can be a little overwhelming. It's like, okay, well, where, where do I start? Where do I go? How, like, there is no one right right way to do this job. So it can be a little overwhelming, but so great. I'd rather that. I'd rather have so many opportunities that I'd need to like pick and choose or go for them as opposed, yeah, as opposed to being somewhere with no opportunities. Now, I was was looking at your career, and I noticed that you you sort of fit in within some of the horror genre, going into Halloween Hell and then Devil's Night, which is so much production and what have you. Can you tell me a little bit about Devil's Night? Did that seem like an interesting premise? Devil's Night, yeah. Um, that was my first feature that I worked on uh, once I moved to LA, and it was a it was a smaller indie uh, project with with a big crew though. Um, and I know I'm I'm pretty sure that a lot yes. of people were doing it for fun and not necessarily for money. There's a little bit of both, of course, but. Um, that was an interesting process. We shot on location in a burned down, burned down, in a burned down house, um, in you know, in a in a, a little sketchy part of LA. And it was it was right, funny as right. uh, people in crew there was a special problem. LA. <laughs> right, right. There are many different areas of LA. 
um, which is wonderful. And we were in a yeah. in a slightly scarier part of LA and in a in a house that you know should not be lived in. But it was very. Uh, it was cool. It was, it was, it was a set. It was like, but, but it was real, you know, it's walking into a house that's burned down and we're supposed to be these kids that walk into a house that's like destroyed and burned down. So that was very real. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I I made a lot of good friends on that set that I still talk to today. Uh, and that was like my first kind of, uh, test my first kind of playground uh, in LA for what I want to do for the rest of my life. So that was just like, it was an interesting learning experience and it was fun. Mm. Nice. You know, both of them are very special because they, you know, it, it's almost like being in Lord of the Rings where you have to scream at something that's not necessarily scary at all. Right. How was, how was, right? How was that for you? That you know, you were in the situation where I, it's not only acting, it's performance now. So it's a combination. Yeah. Right. Well, and there was, specifically, there was one scene in that movie where uh, one of the actors has to, um, in the movie, he's sacrificing a chicken. But in, in real life, we don't sacrifice a chicken. So there's like one scenario no, no. where it was like, right. And there's a scenario where nothing is actually happening. It's just, a, and we're all a bunch of kids hanging out in this basement um, talking about sacrificing a chicken. It's supposed to be serious and scary, but it's actually kind of hilarious. Um, so, yeah, how do you get into that moment? And there's, for me, it really, I do have to, and I learned this, well, you know, I learned this in many acting classes, but specifically just, like, right. just taking that time to separate yourself, like, if you need to, that time to separate myself in a, you know, a separate room, lie down, or in this case, I was, like, hiding in a corner because that made me feel more insecure, which is what I needed for the scene, and just taking the time to breathe, listening to music helps me, um, and getting myself in that that moment and that headspace so that when I walk back on set, I'm still there, and so it's, like, it is so much about preparation because what's in front of me, like a green screen or someone in a mask or someone, um, yeah, who is... It's not actually, you know, a ghost or something. How you know, I have to do a lot of preparation beforehand because when I'm in that moment on set, there's nothing there that's really going to stimulate me necessarily. So it's a lot of prep work. Okay. I, mean, I mean, it is a, a lot of prep work, but just taking that moment to, like, separate myself and get in the headspace is helpful. Sure, sure. And you did this before you did Avengers, right? Yes, yes. That was... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Almost two years ago. Wow. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. And then next you know, you're doing a movie with Catherine Van Dien and Lou Ferrigno, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. I know. That's funny. I still, like, you know, it, it's, I, again, I hope to be doing this for the rest of my life, and I hope to have, like, awesome milestones along the way. So I'm just like, yeah, I did that. Awesome. Mm. Now what's next, you know? <laughs> um, right, it's just right. funny because when I do tell people, like, like my father was really excited about Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I had uh, one of my friends contact me. They're like, I cannot believe you were with Casper Van Dien in a movie. And I was like, I, I'm sure you're an Asylum fan, you know, start to fan all of that. So it's cool. That's nice. That's cool. Yeah, that's, it's a different generation. And, and uh, you know, we really consider the new generation. So what's what's coming up for you? What, what films are coming up? What, what, what additions are coming up for you? What are you looking forward to? Um, so... 
I just met with um, a new manager the other week who kind of just inspired me to really get down and focus on where I want my career to go, what roles I want to play, uh, who I look up to in this industry, which I kind of already thought about before, but just like really getting serious about it and writing it down and having that motivate me for the future. So I kind of feel like I'm in a little bit of a, not a reset phase, but I'm a little bit of a pause, collect myself, get ready for what's next phase. Um, I have a couple auditions coming up for a few web series and music videos, um, but nothing, nothing uh, specific coming up, which could terrify me, but really it just gets me excited to go back to basics and focus on myself and really get clear about what I want to do with my career and go from there. Sure. Well, I, I love down, downtime uh, interviews. This is what we consider a downtime interview, which means you have nothing to plug. And what's really nice about that is that really you, just, you can just reset your life. You can reset your career because every movie, every experience is a different character, is a different experience, is a different family, it's a different everything. So, I think it's a very right. positive attitude to have and a very confident thing to do, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's also, I mean, for anyone who is, and this is more, this is also speaking to myself, you know, there's, to just to remember that there are times when life is going to be kind of slow and maybe I'm not on set all the time. Um, and maybe, you know, like tonight or like today, my big plan is to, get things done on my to-do list, and then I go work my part-time job, you know, and that's my day-to-day, and that's okay because, like, like I've, I said before and, like, I've heard many times and want to believe and want to practice that this career is a marathon. It's not a sprint, hopefully, because I do want it to last forever. And sometimes, there, like you said, like, there are going to be some down times. Um, and, yeah, instead of wallowing in that and, and worrying about why – like, you know, where am I going in life? It's like, okay, take advantage of this time and kind of regroup, refocus, get get chores done that I don't have time to do when I am on set uh-huh. and working a part-time job. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, it's just, yeah, you, I'm trying to enjoy the downtime. When you're a gigantic star, you don't have any time for this garbage. I mean, of course, yeah. you know, it's easy for, for, for <laughs> see, see, a lot of people do that, and then they find out they're stars, and then they can't be on the show anymore. Let me tell you. Yeah. You're a huge star. You give me an open hour for my radio show, please. Because you will see what happens in life. I mean, people are not, you know, they don't get these experiences. They're not nice. They don't help other people, and then nothing happens to them. And they're not successful in their existence. That's not going to happen to you. You'll see. Next year, too, everything's going to play up to you. Yes, right. You know, and, and the good thing about, like, the support system and, like, my father, like, they won't let that happen to me. I, I mean, I don't think, right. like, you know, let's hope that I do have the career where that's a possibility. But, like, I have a good right. pe- I have good people who will ground me, keep me grounded, and make sure I Absolutely. don't, you know. Right. And that's you, you already have a great career going on, and we're, we're very proud of you. We're very happy. You, we we love the Avengers, Graham, and we can't wait to see Devils tonight. I'm very much looking forward to it. Well, my, you know, this is all the time I have right now, but we want to know how can we get in touch with you? you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I, I tell you, you like Coachella. You're the most modest human being at Coachella I've seen on the planet Earth, by the way. You did not take advantage of the cleaning. The mo- you're the most modest, you're the, you're the most, like, um, conservative person in Coachella oh. that I saw, period. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. That's a madhouse over there. 
Oh, my gosh. I love Coachella. That's for sure. I, I already have uh, my ticket for next year. But, yeah, for me, it's just a good time. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's so funny that you say that. And, and and in terms of, like, clothing, I'm not sure if that's, you know, people go crazy with that. But I was like, I need to be comfortable because yeah. I'm going to be on my feet for hours in the no, sun and dancing. I'm like, look at this actress. She's, she's, she's young. She's beautiful. And she's fully clothed at Coachella. This is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is the picture you show your father, like, this is the way your children should dress. That's so funny, because <laughs> it's, it's funny that, that you notice that, because, but it's true, you know, because you, you know, people can people can get pretty pretty cray at Coachella. <laughs> and I just want to have a good time and, and not have regrets. <laughs> just have a good time. That are um, photographed, by the way, and put on Instagram and shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why I do, I do have an Instagram um I do have an Instagram. It's Elizabeth E. Peterson, and I do have a Twitter. I believe my a Twitter account. I have a Twitter. I have a Twitter account. I believe the handle is E. Peterson 32. I should look on that, but I am being more active with that. And I do have a Facebook Good. professional page. So nice. I got so you have all a fan of page Elizabeth Peterson. Sorry. So you have a fan page for Elizabeth Peterson right now? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And all right, boys and girls, everybody go down to Elizabeth Peterson's fan page on Facebook right now. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being on the show today. We really appreciate it. And sorry for, for keeping you so long there because uh, my mic was off. That's okay. That's understandable. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Have yourself a great day. Uh, that was Elizabeth Peterson right there joining us today. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. There you go, boys and girls. We're going to give a little seconds here and listen to some diamonds. Bring us some Hana Hot Play in a second.
Now, who doesn't love Grimes and Oblivion? Grimes from Canada, she's a fantastic artist. Grimes, Oblivion. Other great uh, Canadian bands, also Metric. Check out Metric, they're fantastic. Anyways. <laughs> Hanahate is ill today, and, and uh, she'll be joining us right now. Uh, the funny thing is that she's ill, and I'm the one who's acting crazy. So uh, we're having kind of a crazy show today. A little bit of, a couple of little malfunctions, but no big deal. All right, Hanahate, coming on. Hello, Hana. Hello, hi. How's it going? Good. How about you? I'm great, thank you. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today. We know we know you're sick and and uh, snuffling it <laughs> up there. Hey, it sucks to, to be sick in a beautiful place like San Francisco or California. Yeah, right. It's like the cold weather here probably doesn't help. Oh my gosh! I mean, do you, do you get those wind blasts and then all of a sudden you feel like your face is freezing? <laughs> yeah, definitely. The wind here is pretty crazy. I feel like they should call this like the gusty city because it's always windy. Oh, yeah, that's really what I thought. Yeah. Seattle should be called a wet state, and this should be called a windy city. Wait, should or I Chicago, right? Yeah, Chicago should be called a windy city. Oh, well, yeah, Chicago, windy, yeah. Windy. Chicago is a windy city, that's what they say, but I don't know. I mean, I've never been to Chicago, so I, I wouldn't know, but it's definitely really windy here in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us while you're sick. I, I, I greatly appreciate it. We're, we're, so, we're so interested to know what's, what's going on with you since since um, the last time we spoke. Uh, we know you've been working on the fifth passenger and what have you. Uh, how's that been going on? Everything's been good. Uh, we I finished filming the Fifth Passenger, which was amazing. It was really fun. It was only I only had a, a day of shooting, but it was just it was really awesome to be back on set, and everyone was so welcoming, and it was a really great cast and crew to like get my foot back in the door with. So that that was a really awesome thing, and I had a great time with it. <laughs> Did it, did it feel different because you were going on with, with people that were somewhat familiar with the material or were welcoming to the material or at least adhered to the material? Did it make it easier to come back into this world? Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. It's kind of hard to hear you. You have to stay that over. I'm sorry. I, I don't have my pop mic on there. Did you, did you find it easier to, to be comfortable as an actual SPAC knowing that the world you're going into is a world that you started in? Oh, yeah, like going back like into acting. Yes. Yeah, it's... I'm, I'm still kind of hard to hear you. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Um, yeah, so, like, what, I'm sorry. So was it uh, what the question was, going getting back into it, how, how it was? Yeah, my question was when, when you got back. Can you hear me now? Is it much easier to hear me now? Hana? <laughs> it's seriously so hard to hear. <laughs> That's awesome. Hana, Hana, can you can call me right back, please? Hana, I, call I, back, please. I, okay, I'll call you back. Yeah, yeah, call me back. There we go. Okay. Uh, I love radio, boys and girls. I love it. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And thank you, thank you, Sean, for listening, too. My mic sounds fuzzy. My mic sounds fuzzy. You sound fuzzy.
Thank you very much for joining us today. Boy, those technical issues are being taken care of right now. I hope you can hear me much better now. We'll see when uh, when one of my producers types in right now and says that he can hear me just perfectly well. So let's <laughs> welcome on again, Hanahate, huh? There we go. Hello, Hana. Hello, hello. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, the question was... <laughs> The question was, did you did you find it more comfortable coming back into the acting world, knowing that the universe was was somewhat similar, like the sci-fi world, 
that that you grew up in all your life. Oh yeah, definitely. I um, it was like basically, you know, like when you ride a bike and you haven't ridden a bike in forever, but you get on and you know how to ride it. You know, it's it's just the same thing. And walking on set, like it, it was, it brought back so many good memories, and it felt great to be back on set after so long. And also in the sci-fi, the sci-fi scene because it was exactly how I grew up doing it. You know, it was it was really cool. Yeah, it was. It's definitely uh, nice because everyone is also so welcoming. Now, that's the thing is, is this film does have a lot of characters from the Star Trek world, which which is what uh-huh. you grew up with, but they are you know, partisan. They, they they are separated from from the universe. It, did you find it interesting that you you both are in the same you know same galaxy now together? Yeah, definitely. It's definitely interesting. But I mean, that's it's you know the galaxy is. So, you know, the, they say the, you know, the world is small and the galaxy, right. you know, just, it's huge, but it's so small. Yeah. Like I, every, I every really... connection, you know, in some, some way or another. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think it's always awesome. I always see that in today's sci-fi when they they use, you know, other sci-fi characters for new sci-fi roles. And I love that because it, it almost sets in like a mode of how you feel about that character in a new, a new setting. Let me ask you: yeah. Were they looking for that in your character in this in this shoot? Um, were they looking for that kind of resemblance feel, like this is somebody you know? Somehow you're going to get that feel, or was it more of like you're just a brand new character and let's just set off that way? Um, you know, I, I don't. I'm not really sure. We didn't discuss it that much. I'm going to say that I think they did it because they. I mean, you know. They probably assumed that you know I had the right feel for it. They knew right. how to how to deal with it and how how to act and do that role, even though right. it wasn't you know it's, it was a different role, of course, than what I was doing before. But yeah, I think they they had a feeling that I knew what I was doing. Well, you're you're a very different actress than a lot of other actresses that that we may speak to on, on a you know on a Sunday basis, which is you know you're you're doing your education, you're you're you 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 live in a different place than than where uh-huh. actresses live. Uh, do you, yeah, you find exactly. that to be better or more advantageous for your career? Do you, do you, do you like that better that you're taking this career path that you're easing into it after having such a hard role at the beginning, or is it? What's your feeling on that? Well, I, it's it's um it's interesting. It's it's nice to ease into it because I'm, you know, like since I'm up here, it's easy to ease into it. But it's hard because, I mean, you know, I got a couple offers for to do, you know, someone wanted a couple people wanted me to come in and do auditions for a few things, and right. I couldn't right. make it, you know, because I live in San Francisco and it's down, everything's down in the Los Angeles area. So right. uh, luckily, one of them is willing. Uh, they are going to be, they're willing to have me send in a little video audition. So nice. I'm going to be doing that soon when I when I get the time. Um, but, you know, so not everyone's willing to do, like, video or Skype auditions, but it's really nice that some sure. people are, are are okay with that and are, you know, willing to see what I got. <laughs> sure. I think a lot of people are willing to see what you got. Yeah, you know, I was wondering... You know, because you were a child, child. I mean, technically, you were a child actress, and, uh, but you're not like Miley Cyrus. 
but you do see <laughs> what you know. You do see the things that they've become, or what they what what they've gone through. I've grown up with with actors and actresses that are still acting today. But what what is your feeling on what they're going through in perspective to what you're going through in, in your life? Do you see a, like a madness on, on their sides, or is it something you're glad you avoided? I'm yeah. I'm actually I'm glad I avoided that past but like well definitely what like Miley Cyrus and <laughs> like what she's doing I'm not even remotely close to that and yeah. I feel like uh, a lot of child actors you hear them like going into like crazy drug phases and like going to rehab and doing this and doing that but I never I never really did that that was something like after I did Star Trek I just lived you know a normal kid life I didn't get crazy and <laughs> with all that wild stuff that everyone else did. Right. So was your your focus after after Star Trek, after the Trek world, was it going to continue to be acting or obviously it was education? So when you went towards education, well, what? So, yeah, I mean, I stopped acting after Star Trek because, I mean, I was was so young at the time um, and it was really hard to get out to auditions, of course, because I couldn't drive. So uh, I would have to rely on my parents. And then I just, I focused on school. I uh, played hockey, did a, did a couple sports, did a hockey, uh, some soccer every once in a while. And um, also did focus on the violin for a little while. Actually, nice. I did a while too. Yeah, so did a bunch of other things to occupy my time. That's awesome. And did that help you? Uh, in your future of acting, as far as like having, a, would you consider a normal life? I mean, it's, no matter what, it's not going to be normal. I mean, you you, yeah. you do know that you're part of something. You know, you are treated a little differently. But did it help you to have that somewhat normal youth? And, you know, having a brother with you and all, all that, growing up to being this person now. Oh yeah, I think I think it helps a lot for sure. I mean, it's. I mean, I can't, I can't really say because I didn't continue to do all the acting then, cause I don't, so I don't, you know, I don't know how it would have been had I continued on and was still, or, you know, I didn't take, like, a 16-year hiatus or whatever. Right. Um, right. But I think it was nice. Like, it was really refreshing. And, and I honestly never, ever thought that I would get back into acting. Like, growing up, I was just like, oh, you know, like, I didn't tell very many people that I was even in Star Trek. It was just like my close friends would know and not, you know, I just, I would have to leave school every once in a while and never really told too many right. people why. It was never really something that I thought necessary to tell people, but now, now people are like, if anyone, I'll, it's really funny, at my work, like I'll tell one person and then they get excited and they start spreading the news to everybody and just like spreads like wildfire, like, it's interesting, for sure. <laughs> so, what happened? What started the reboot that that started that fire for for acting again, or at least to to look into that world again? Um, okay, so I did the uh, Star Trek Las Vegas convention last year, yeah. and um, Ryan Ryan Husk, who you we 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 spoke on the last interview or the last little sure. radio show we did. Um, he saw me there and uh, on the Deep Space Nine panel, and then he contacted me via social media, 
and just, uh, you know, it was like, hey, I saw you at the Star Trek convention. I think you'd be great for this role. Let me know if you're interested. And I was like, okay, you know, I checked it out. I read the script, and I was like, you know, it was, it was a tiny role, but it was, I figured, why not give it a shot? Well, you know, this is such can. a strange world. This is a crazy world now that somebody's getting you. Just so, and that's exactly how I got you as well, by the way. It's insane to think about how, how the world has changed from when we were kids to what it is now. Yeah, the, 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 exactly. the aspect of getting a script. I mean, when you were a child getting, you know, Star Trek script, or when your parents were getting the Star Trek script and then handing it off to you, I mean, they were probably giving you little bitty parts of it, little bits of it. And now the world yeah. is, you, you can find the entire script on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. Is, is it crazy now that, that the world has changed to where before you might look at acting, if I ever get back and act it again, I'd have to go through this entire procedure, and now it's different. Did you find that to be different to you? Yeah, I, it definitely is. I mean, you know, like getting scripts beforehand, it's all paper. It was yeah. like, you know, you, I would have to, it's like a huge pam- pamphlet, basically. Um <sighs> And but then, yeah, like getting everything's like so technologically advanced now that it's so much easier, I think, to be able to do this kind of stuff or do anything really. Sure. Do you do you like that as an actress that to be more socially available instead of you know always having to plug yourself away like a door to door salesman? I yeah, I think it's nice to have the social social media available. It makes everything much easier. No, like, no, we can have yeah. some. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, you know, like for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and stuff, like, it's it's just a good way to, you know, connect with people. It's easier to talk to fans and everything like that. Like, without that, it's hard to know, like, to be in the know, basically, to know what's going on. Well, that was going to be my next question, which is, you know, have you been getting any of your Star Trek uh, fan questions yet? Like, do you know what episode thirty nine? Are you getting any of those yet? <laughs> no, there, no, definitely not. Some any like that, but um, there's definitely some random comments here and there. Somebody actually, I'm gonna look at it right now. Somebody left a comment on my Facebook fan page, and it was about something to do with. Oh, I can't remember where it was. It's like a conspiracy theory or something about how Star Trek is bad and, like, it's like how Star Trek is like a conspiracy theory to, like, throw overthrow the government or something like that. Really? Wow, make it socialist, (laughs) probably. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, okay, hold on. I'm trying to pull it up. It's really, really strange. Oh no! Take a minute to find. You know, I, I, I tell you the funny one. I, the the actress who plays your sister in the episode uh, where where you go back, you know, where you go into the parallel universe, and there, then you not your sister, but you 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 in the future comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, this show, this episode called yeah, it's called Mirrors. Um, um when you oh sorry? shoot, look, look through the yeah. looking glass. It's an Alice in Wonderland uh, 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 reference. Yeah, that's Alice in Wonderland. Not if wishes were horses. Hmm. Oh gosh, no, I really can't anyway, remember. She's a, she's a very famous actress. She's a she's a very famous actress. So I, I thought it was hilarious that she was playing you. I was like, hey, it's the oh. it's a, it's a future <laughs> Academy oh, nominated you. 
right? And I'll have to check her out. I haven't. I didn't even. I don't even know her name or anything. Oh, look her up. Yeah, she's a she's a very famous uh, Chinese Asian actress. She does a lot of stuff. She's fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm not surprised she did a good job. You know, playing the older version of me. So. Oh, I love that. Well, when you mentioned that, I said I got to go back and watch that episode again. <laughs> right? Did you find that conspiracy? Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> So Star Trek and Trekkies under investigation. This takes a this takes ridiculous to a whole new level. A just released 1997 report shows that Scotland Yard featured a frenzy by fans of science fiction due to the forthcoming millennium. As a result, they watched Star Trek among other shows and kept tabs on Trekkies. They actually feared that Trek fans were going to lead a charge of anarchy against Britain. Lead the charge. <laughs> Of cyber attacks against Britain or commit mass suicide. <laughs> Dad, we're being sent up to the mothership. Yeah, right? Like, this is crazy. So, like, there's all these files on Trekkies. And really? About, like, different characters and stuff, apparently, at the Scotland Yard. <laughs> you know, Scotland Yard is probably uh, everything on Sesame Street as well. This is a hobo yeah. and... This person is gay, and it, it, oh my god, the FBI files on these people is crap. Yeah. yeah, that's what's interesting about the show, uh, of course, as well. Is they do they do show a lot of multicultural, a lot of multifaceted. And I would say this: I mean, it's easy to bring up conspiracy theories. You talk about Star Trek because they're talking about so many different subjects, uh, so many different passageways. I mean, I was, I was watching the thing on on Reddit the other day on the reasons why le- like people like Star Trek: The Next Generation. And it was Kevin Picard just saying all these things. And they're just brilliant. They're really just brilliant sayings, brilliant words. And when you watch, you know, Deep Space Nine, it is a darker show. It's a uh-huh. very dark show, and, it, and it's based on conspiracy. If you watch the show, there's a lot of conspiracy uh-huh. in the show. So, yeah, you know, it's very easy to come to that conclusion. So, actually, so let me answer that question. Now, have you gone back and watched the show, and have you have you seen like the arc and what have you of the show, and, and where have you? You know, I haven't watched the show like from beginning to end, so I, I don't really know all of the details. I probably should do that. <laughs> <laughs> probably, you know, what's really weird is is DC's Nine really got lost within Voyager, and people uh-huh. people really want to move on to like a space vehicle show. So Deep Space Nine yeah. has kind of left, left them the hanging. But yeah, the thing about yeah, Deep Space totally. Nine, right? I mean, but the thing about Deep Space Nine that was very different than any of the other series, which is one, they were dealing with, you know, worldwide conspiracies. Like the, the stuff that you're dealing with Deep, Deep Space Nine uncovered all the worlds. They would, they would really ruin all the worlds of that war cause that wormholes closed and people were fighting back before. That was a huge war. So I thought your your series was a lot more impactful on the Star Trek world, opposed to Generation or Voyager, even though I adored those shows. I adored them. I adored Paris. But oh, I didn't yeah. think they were that, that impactful on the world. Because we're talking about, like, war and civil war, and people going through the wormhole. So I, I think that's what people are attached. Do you find that people are attached that same way to d Nine, like when you talk to people or or maybe a fan or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked to some fans, and they, you know, do say sign also, because it's the O'Brien family, they have, there's more, like, humanity involved 
Right. Like you were saying, you know, like it's more of like a um, realistic in a way. Sure. You know, people, I, I had a couple of fans message me and they were like, I really liked your role. I really liked the family aspect. It, you know, brought the show together, you know, in so-and-so. Um, right. I, I think people, a lot of other people, though, I heard that they didn't like it because, I mean, Deep Space Nine, it was a set station. Like, we didn't travel right. anywhere. And that's right. why a lot of people liked the other ones better because it was more, like, action-packed, per se. Right. You yeah. know, what's very interesting, I think what's very interesting now, and one of the reasons why I sincerely want to talk to you from the very, very beginning was that the front runner, the very the person who wrote your, your show, who basically created Dark Jesus Nine, is the very same person who created Battlestar Galactica. And a, a very oh, few people kind of relate great. these two together. Yeah, the, the, both shows are very similar, actually. If you mm-hmm. look at them both, they're, they're very similar shows. And, and, and BSG is a brilliant show. It's a brilliant show. And I believe when people oh. realize that both creators created both shows, I think Deep Space Nine will be a cult, a cult favorite from now on. Yeah. Oh, I actually yeah. had no idea it was the same one as Battlestar yeah. Galactica because I absolutely love that show. It's brilliant. I mean, I, I yeah. love BSG. And, and as soon as I, you know, I realized early on that Ronald D. Moore was, was, was one of the front-running creators for Deep Space Nine and, and then also went on to Voyage as well. Um, as soon as I, as soon as I, I looked back, I, I wanted to on the show because I, I wanted to talk. Yeah, I wanted to see what, what your aspect was on the show as well. But also, Deep Space Nine is a special show, and I think when people oh. realize the connection between the shows, they'll watch it more and more. It's it's one of those Star Trek that people just kind of let go, and they have to watch it now. It's a great show. I love it. <laughs> right? Yeah, you just got to get it. You know, it's maybe one of those things that some people need to take it slow and you know slowly ease their way into it and watch it. I know. But, I know. Okay. No, no, sorry. No, keep going. You, 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 you have to watch the show because the show is very different than because it's more like a novella because it does mm-hmm. have it's like a Korean novella almost because each episode ties into the next and and you watch uh, generations it doesn't necessarily do that it jumps from you know year to year to year to year and, and mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. you don't do that. Are, are you looking forward to that to episodic television in your future as well? Or are you looking forward to features? What do you want? Oh, definitely. I think that would be amazing. Nice. I would, yeah, I would love to do. I, I, I mean, like, I'm a huge fan of TV shows. I watch TV shows more than I watch movies. Mm. And I don't. Know, I just think I, I love just you know having the character development, and, like watching everybody and watching everyone grow throughout different, you know, throughout the series. And I, that's what like one of the main things I love about. TV shows as opposed to movies because movies are, you know, movies are awesome. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love right. them too, but they're just, there's just, you know, what, a couple hours and then that's it. You mean movies. Well, that's interesting. I, I would, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I mean, obviously, of course, I would love to do movies as well. I'm always down for that either or, but I just, uh, I think the fact that the TV shows you get to watch characters grow and develop is uh, more appealing to me. Than, uh, right. Than I mean, uh, uh, there's a lot of shows that are contesting for the same amount of attention these days. Is there mm-hmm. been any shows lately that you've watched that you said I, I would love to have been on this show? Um, well, I've actually been binge watching Lost, yeah. and actually, Lost. it's Lost. Yeah, like the super old 
was Gigi Abrams Lost, my favorite show. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, and I would. Oh God, I'm on season three right now, and I, that was something I was watching, and I was thinking like that would be really badass to to be on. That would be really cool. <sighs> You know what? Watch Lost and then watch Battles for Galactica and watch watch how both of them are similar. Okay. It's cre- it's creepy because they go into the biological, <laughs> they go into the science, and they go into the religion. It, it's uh-huh. it's very cool about how they go into the different. So this is your first time watching the entire Lost season. Yeah, I uh, since I don't Ooh. have cable, I um, I just use Netflix and it's all on it's all on there now. And and, and for some reason. I never got into it when it was on TV still. My brother right. was always really into it. I remember he'd have to, he'd like be rushing home like, oh, I got to catch the next episode. And for some reason I hadn't watched it. I don't know why. I did though. I remember, I think a couple of times I watched like the first, maybe five episodes of the first season. Cause when I rewatched it, when I just started rewatching it, I remembered like all of these things that had happened. So for some right. reason I had watched it a couple times in the beginning, but then I never took the step and like continued to watch it. But now that I have, I'm totally hooked. Well, it's interesting because now you're watching Lost. It's one of those popular shows that you've seen very, very long. I mean, I would say top 20 shows of all time. Now you're watching that show and you're watching it with that acting eye now because now you get back into it. And you're, you, you said that this is a show you can see yourself into. Does it? Do you see yourself like saying the line while you're while you're playing the role, or do you see yourself as a character in the show? Um. Well, actually, you know, when I when I'm watching it, I I actually I like getting um. So like I I'm trying I'm trying to think of how to word this. Um, like when I watch scenes it's it's not necessarily the characters like like any specific character when i watch like scenes in their performance like certain performances right. are so intense and so gnarly and then i i picture myself like how i would do that and how i would be that character at that time or like how i would deliver those lines or do that scene so it's right. uh it's something i think about all the time for sure that's awesome well, we, now we finished the the fifth passenger. We're done with that, and, and you said your experience was fun. You had you had a great time. You had one day out there. What are you looking for next? You, you know, you mentioned television is something you'd like to focus on. Movie or something you wouldn't pass up. But are, are, you, are you focused on purely on something right now, like like TV, or do you want movies, or what do you want right now? I would love to do a TV show. I think that would be so much fun. Nice. Honestly, I think I mean. Uh, a movie would be cool too, but I'd I feel like I would rather do a TV show. I mean, at least for the time being, like at the moment. Sure, sure. And what kind of TV were you looking into? I mean, there's you, know, you got the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and you have the new Wachowski show that's out. I mean, you have so many. You have Daredevil. You have so many things that are out right now that are they're really just fighting for attention. What would you like to yeah. do? Like comedy, drama, sci-fi. What's your interest? Oh, oh, God, I would. I'm really into action, action movies. Mm. Like, I think I would be really into that. Like, that would be like sci-fi is awesome, and I'm like a sci-fi nerd. So obviously, I would do something along those lines, also. But yes, I, I uh, you know, having the Japanese half 
of me wants to be a little badass and for a second there. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, you know, the Japanese side of me is like wanting to kick some butt and do some nice uh, nice fighting stuff and be a little savior, per se. <laughs> we would love to see you that way. That's one of the things that caught my eye when you were a kid was, was that I'm your age and myself. My father's, my father's Sicilian, my, my mother's Japanese, so. I thought it was hilarious. You, you, you know, you know how it is when you're aged. You always look for other people that look like you. Yeah, it's, totally. it's very interesting. I would, I would love to see you. Uh, Firefly is an excellent example, by the way. I, that is a brilliant show. Wait, which show? Did you are you did you say Firefly or which show did you say? Oh no! Oh, um, I actually haven't seen Firefly yet. No. You haven't seen Fire? No. That's what I, I know. I heard it's amazing, and I just haven't had. I just no. haven't gotten into it. You Not know. yet. We love you so much, I, too. I promise. I promise. I will. You have to. I mean, you you it's, listen. It's you list. make a great Summer Glau character. I mean, when you watch Summer Glau, you're gonna understand at least the way I see you as a future star. At least ten <laughs> steps ahead, actually. But yeah, absolutely. You, you're you're gonna blow the universe out with your superstardom and beating up monsters and stuff. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see oh, you up there. Thank you. Yeah, well, I, I hope I hope you're right. You know, I mean, I do get I'm pretty shy, honestly. I get that little anxiety when I'm in front of a group of people. But, but you know, you just got to maybe yeah. do some meditation beforehand. And, uh, you're going to do great. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to do great. And people love you. You're, you have a great personality. You're, you're very easy to get along with it. We were very grateful for you to come on yes. sick today, and you know, last week when you know I had to cancel because blah blah blah. But I'm very oh, appreciative. Oh, so, yeah, we all we all have our things that we have to deal with, you know. And I'm, I I promised I'd be here, so of course I'm here. And you know, it's, it's a good time. Make it, I mean, I'd rather be having a nice conversation than laying in bed miserable. So. I agree with you. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. I really appreciate you being on today. Anna, we want to get in touch with you. You got a new fan page. We want to get onto that. We want to find you on Instagram. We want to click on everything. How can we find? You? Okay, so I have my fan page. Is just you gotta on on Facebook. Just search Hana Hata, and you'll see. You'll find a little fan page on there, and then on uh, Twitter, my name is Hana underscore Hata. Nice, and then we're looking forward to the fifth past year with, with with Scott Baker and Marina Sardis and, and Doug Jones. We're gonna have Doug Jones on pretty soon. Tim Russ, and it's gonna be really, really nice. Um, yeah. Is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to for this film? For this film, wow! Oh my gosh, I just I really can't wait to see it all come together. The little alien creature is amazing. I can't say anything else about it, but he <laughs> it, it's it's really badass. It's, Really freaky, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see all of these amazing Trek actors back together again. Oh, it's yeah, I really, we cool. really can't wait. Yeah, well, th- well, thank you, Hannah, for coming on today, and we're so sorry you're sick, and we hope you get well again very fast. Thank you. Well, it was it was really nice talking to you again. Always a pleasure. You too. Well, we'll talk soon. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you very much for being on today. Yeah, of course. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great Hanahate on there. Thank you so much. These 
two women are so lovely. Uh, Elizabeth Peterson and Hannah Hate for staying on when we had so many difficulties on this Sunday as well as last Sunday when I when I really could not make it. And, and I'm very, very grateful. If there's anything in the world that I want you to take away from a lot of these conversations that we have during our show or what we do is the positivity that a lot of these actresses and actors and producers and writers and directors have. There's a very positive attitude about acting, about life, about uh, family, friends, support groups. You know, it's very important to these people. And you notice that it makes them incredibly strong. Is that why Elizabeth Peterson talking about her father? She's not talking about him as a man. She's talking about him as a father. And you, can, you can hear the admiration that she has. Yeah, Hanahate has her, has her family, has her brother. She has a very strong base behind her, an ethnic background, but also a family from Star Trek as well who welcomed her in. You see? So they all had their, their gatherings, they're bringing them in. They're all at different levels of success right now. You know, one already had uh, a very successful career as a youth and is growing on to another successful career into her future. The other one had a, a different kind of success, more of an attentive success in plays and other things and what have you. And now it's moving on to movies and, and more of the people recognizing you in the streets. It's, these are different worlds and different ways to enter them. They're all fantastic. But the, the one thing that ties them all together is the, the positivity and happiness and the self-assurance. Listen to these women as women. And I, you notice I don't talk to them as women. But they're women telling you, I'm strong, I work hard, I find mentors, I believe in myself, I work hard on myself, I enjoy myself, I enjoy my life. And look how they live their lives. Happy, secure, educated. Thank you very much for, for joining us today. I really greatly appreciate it. I really wanted you to listen to these two fine actors and uh, listen to, to what, what took them on this path to where they are today and and where are they going to go from this point on. A lot of times we get on actors and actresses and, and writers and producers and all kinds of people who have already had success or are in the middle of success so they have something to plug. But it's really nice to hear somebody who's in the middle of something who's working out the plans and the kinks, the downtime as we call it. Because it freaks everybody out. And you wonder what What's next? Well, if you notice, they all had very positive attitudes, very happy personalities. Well, the only thing that's coming next is happiness and positive, right? I'll give you a question. This is my question before we leave today. You squeeze a lemon, what do you get? You eat orange juice? You squeeze a lemon, what do you get? You get apple juice? You squeeze a lemon, do you get a BMW? You squeeze a lemon, do you get an umbrella? What do you do when you squeeze somebody filled with hate? Hate? What do you do when you squeeze somebody filled with anger or animosity? Anger, animosity? And what do you do when you squeeze somebody filled with positivity, wealth of information, and a career wanting to move forward? You get happiness. You get all the ingredients that makes these fine actors, actresses, and producers, and directors the way that they are. We're very proud of them. 
Thank you very much for joining us today here on Cinephiles Radio on Sunday. God bless you all. Have yourself an amazing weekend. I will.